During this session, we'll be looking at the principle of beginning and end, also known as the principle of coming in and going out. Now, this principle, we've given a dual title since both titles help us to gain better understanding and to a certain extent defines the principle that, that we are looking at in this session. Now, before we start looking at the practicalities of the principle, uh, it's very important to note, first thing, that this is the principle of beginning and end and coming and going out, is the, the principle of principles. Uh, the reason for this is because it is a direct revelation of one of the characteristics of God. So we'll look uh, shortly at some scriptures where he introduces himself as the beginning and the end. We know that he does that throughout the Old Testament, specifically plenty of times in the, the book of Revelation. But not only does he express himself or convey to us in communication that he is the beginning and the end, but also in everything that he has done and everything that he will do, he actually reveals that he does this according to and based on this principle. So if we go to absolute extremes, if we look at creation, has a defined beginning mm. and a defined and clear end. We know that in all of his communications, in all of his actions towards us and just towards our realm in general, there is a very defined beginning and end, always. And so, since he reveals this of his own character, and as we implement principles to be conformed to his image, to be more godly in our own speech and communication and actions, this would be the first principle to start implementing and base what we do and say and think uh, on. Just think about it. Um, our world operates on this principle. Mm. Um, the day has a beginning. The day has an end. Mm. And the rhythm of beginning and end determines our lifestyles yes. to some degree. And it, I think more originally in God's design, yes. it had a real effect. Um, we have seasons, we have beginning and end in all facets of our lives. Mm. Calendars, years. Um, birth yes. has a distinct moment. Uh, labor can continue for hours, <laughs> but um, there's a moment yes. when a child is born. Yes. Um, our lives has a very distinct beginning. There's a moment of conception um, and yeah, the truth is our lives has a very distinct and very clear end you cannot slowly yes. die um, there is sickness and all of that but the moment of the person leaving the, the body it's a defined and distinct moment exactly, even the Lord when he said it is done mm. he breathed his last exactly. breath um, and so we understand principles and especially this is actually the principle that sheds light on the other principles exactly. this is the original principle mm. that we use to formulate all the other principles the doorway if you will that's right <laughs> and um, we understand that we no longer keep God's law according to the letter mm. but it would be foolish 
not to learn wisdom mm. and seek wisdom from the commandments of God. Mm. And in that light, we are always looking into the what we call the Old Testament, the Torah and the Prophets, mm. and we're especially looking uh, into the direct communication of God to mm. glean principles. Yes. Then, of course, he gave the Israelites their culture. Mm. Now, beginning and end. Mm. It's, very, it's a very practical um, principle, and it has to be observable for it to be true. Yes. We can in our minds think that we have implemented a yes. principle. We can even agree that it is a good principle. And we've seen people think, they tell themselves that they've implemented the principle, but when observed from the outside, we can clearly mm. see how the principle is not mm. clearly implemented. Mm. And that's the thing about this principle. It's going to be a measuring stick for all other principles. Yes. Yes. Because the person that has not implemented this principle has probably not succeeded in implementing properly the other principles. Because you cannot implement any principle if there's no clear definition or clear end. Beginning and an end and a coming into something and a leaving something, mm -hmm. ending something. So let's get to this principle. Yes. So the anchor scripture that we base this principle on is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 6. Now just a side note, we, uh, if you go onto our website, you'll see that we've published a list of scriptures that all pertain to this principle. You can go have a look at those in your own spare time and um, hopefully it'll even... Uh, to a greater extent, open up this principle for you. But for now, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6. And uh, this is just after the law of God has been given to the Israelites, and then curses and blessings are pronounced. Mm. And so this forms part of the blessings that are pronounced. And it says, Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Now, he says, Blessed shall you be when you come in and when you go out. Um, in context and um, governed by mm. the uh, keeping of his instructions, his words or his sayings, adhering to them uh, or not. So you're not going to be blessed in your coming in if you did not walk and live according to the instructions of God. Yes. It's a coming into something, an intentional action. That's right. You're not going to be blessed in your going out if while you were on the inside, you did not maintain yes. a, a consciousness and an obedience uh, to God's sayings. Now, it's all about being in line with something, being mm. aligned with something, being in the right correlation or in the right context to something. Mm. And this is God via His Word, yes. His commandments, His sayings, His, sayings, his expression yes. towards us. And so this is where we start. Um, to understand why this is a principle and why He's saying you'll be blessed in your coming in and going out, we're going to look at the uh, culture that He gave the mm. Hebrew people. Mm. Um, and they had something worked into their culture that makes a heck of a lot of sense if you... Well, this makes sense if you look at the culture that, that was implemented. Mm. When a uh, law-keeping, a Torah-keeping, 
um, Hebrew person, Israelite, came into another Torah-keeping person's home, um, the entering in had significance. Mm. There was a silent agreement forged on at the moment of entering the house, mm. entering a situation, entering the presence of another person yes. or a family. So let's look at entering the house. A person that came in would not step on the doorstep. They would step over it. And in this communicating that we are of the same culture, the same mindset, and I would enter with honor. My mm. intent was to be honorable, to behave myself respectfully, mm. and to behave according to culture and agreement. Because mm. culture was how we, our group of people agreed to behave themselves, to protect each other, to be a blessing to each other, to yes. be a benefit to each other. Yes. This was in order to protect relationship, mm. to create an environment, an atmosphere of the kind of relationship in, in, in which, or the kind of um, situation in which everybody would flourish, yes. would be restful, exactly. would feel safe, mm. would know how to conduct themselves. Mm. We could do um, with maybe um, uh, regaining some of this wisdom. Mm. Mm. Okay, so the person would step over the doorstep. Mm. In this, communicating to the people on the inside, the family of the household, uh, to communicate to them that he was honorable, his intent was honorable. Mm. But there was more. They would have a little scroll mm. representing the law embedded in the doorpost yes. of the house. Yeah. Now, a person would come in if he was a Torah-keeping God-honoring, God-fearing Israelite mm. with covenant. Yes. He would come in and kiss the law, the scroll embedded in the doorpost, mm. kiss the door of the uh, household as a sign mm. to those inside that he was a keeper and respecter of the law, the word of God. Mm. So he was a, a Yahweh-honoring and fearing person. This communicated that they could expect his actions, mm. his words, conduct. his intentions, yes. his conduct. They could expect it to be in line yes. with God's Torah. Now, a person, if we're looking at the uh, portion of scripture that mm. we are busy with, this is about curses and blessing. So this person is communicating that by entering the house in this manner, mm. that he is bring with him the blessing of the Torah, of God's ways, yes. and remember that now he would be blessed in his coming in. Mm. So he is blessed in the way, if he keeps to the word of God, mm. in conduct, in word, in intention, mm. in speaking, in acting, yes. then he is automatically going to be a blessing. So this is great. So the person himself is going to be blessed because of his conduct, his honoring God, his godly demeanor. So he receives blessing. He comes and brings a blessing because of him being a blessing. And the people inside also receive a blessing because of the entirety of the situation. So we can see how this, just as a basic and, and primary principle, 
uh, is not only blessing towards the individual, but blessing towards all involved. That's right. Now, the intention of the people in the house Mm. would be to make sure that they send him with a blessing. And so he's blessed and he's going out. Mm. So they bless him by the way they act. Mm. They always have a mindset of being a blessing to the other, mm. protecting the other, um, being to of benefit and health to and one another. And um, the person that came in brings a blessing, they send him with a blessing. And if everybody did this, mm. then you had a nation, a culture, a society that was continuously interacting in a way that would bless each other. Exactly. Now, blessing wouldn't just be I want to actively see some benefit coming to you but it is also in my action I have to make sure that no curse enters nothing negative enters the situation Uh, if it was a business situation there it would be a mindset on both sides that I want to be blessed but I'm blessed if you're blessed yes so fair fair Um, there's there's an old saying that says um two Israelites did business and both leave a little bit unhappy, then both were blessed. (laughs) In other words, if the deal was done in such a way that nobody is benefited above the other, Mm. both of them would benefit. Yes. Um, And the nation would benefit. Exactly. So this is the anchor scripture. This is the anchor scripture. So maybe just to, to explain why... Why, how did we get to coming in and going out, or go from coming in and going out and end up with beginning and end? Mm. Well, simply because you cannot go into and come out of at the same time. No. No person can enter and exit a building at the same time. You're either on your way in, already inside, which means you're no longer outside, or you are on your way out, which means you will no longer be inside, but you will be outside. You cannot be both at once. Just like we entered covenant with God in a very clear mm. and precise manner. Exactly. So the process of Him leading us into covenantal relationship with Him that we call salvation today is um, a process that could last a span years. It could have many aspects to it, but entering into clear covenant with Him is a very clear moment of a beginning and an end, and we call that baptism. Now, baptism by its very nature, Mm. in being submerged into water, cannot be dragged out or prolonged indefinitely. (laughs) The person would drown. (laughs) It's normally a pretty quick moment of going under the water and coming up. Mm. Something ended in a moment and something else began in the moment. The old person died in the water and the new person was resurrected in Messiah. Your existence as being flesh on earth separated from God ended Mm. and your existence as being resurrected in the kingdom of heaven in Messiah in relationship with Yahweh, uh, begun and will never end. Now, this is how our relationship with God starts, officially, covenantal relationship. Um, From there, we now want to come into godliness. 
Yes, so now there's a, a practical way of living out the principles. Like we said earlier, a person can agree to a principle, accept it, uh, acknowledge it for what it is, but principles have to be lived out practically. They have to be practiced for them to have an effect. Now, the interesting thing with principles is in doing them and in not doing them will have definite results. So if you decide not to do a principle, they will be defined and definite results. And if you do implement a principle, they will be defined results. And we're right back at the principle of beginning and end, coming and going out. Beginning and end. The moment you end, you stop practicing the principles, the result will be clear. Yes. The moment you begin again, there will be a blessing result. Exactly. So this is the principle of principles. Now, practically, practically. on a day-to-day -day basis, how do we start implementing mm. these principles and how do we measure the degree to which we live yes. according to the principle of beginning and end? Yes. It starts with your thought patterns. It starts with formulating what you think, why you think it, how you think it, the purpose and the result of a thought pattern. Mm. Now, the very nature of formulating has a beginning and an end. You are not formulating if you have not started. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you did not formulate if you did not achieve a result or come to a conclusion. Mm. A person that is still formulating after a few days or weeks they don't understand the principle of formulating. Mm. So, <laughs> we'll discuss that principle in a later stage. So this is it. Beginning and end. We all have communicated to some people, to persons, that start saying something. They start a thought process. They want to tell you, usually it's, tell I want story. to tell you a story. But then, for some reason, it goes around the park, to the beach, a round trip into the city, up the mountain, down the mountain, across the train station, and usually doesn't end at the point where they want it to end. It looks like this. person says, <laughs> wants to tell you the story of when they went to the shop and something happened, and they, uh, on the way, very soon in the story, they remember that they bumped into so-and-so, mm. and then instead of just saying I bumped into this person, they will tell you who this person is related to, and that person did this five years ago, and before you know it, the story is no longer about them going to the shop. No. And you're standing listening to the story, and you're not quite sure what you're talking about anymore. Or why you have or why to you're having hear. this conversation. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest with you, whenever I find myself in a situation where someone is talking, and I'm not sure why I'm listening. That is when frustration starts creeping up in me. I'm going, you are busy wasting my time. Now, be honest. Unless you're one of the people that want to communicate in that way, uh, it's something we don't like. No. Now, what do we do about it? Within fellowship, we teach each other, encourage each other mm. to implement clear beginning and clear end to thought patterns. What's the purpose? What's the intent? And why do we start with thought patterns? Why did you start talking? Yes. Because you see, what happens in your head is going to come out of your mouth and eventually it's also going to govern your actions. Mm. So that's why we start with what happens in the mind. Because if we can start implementing these principles and start controlling what happens in our mind, mm. then that means we can control what we say 
we can control our speech and our actions. Now, if your actions are according to a very clear mindset where there's a beginning and an end, there's a clear process, and it's the shortest route yes. in your mind, then you will start to communicate the shortest, clearest route to communicating the point you wanted to make, mm. the idea you wanted to convey. Yes. We're not talking about rushing through. No, or not being diligent in what you say or what you do. We still have freedom and communicate. Yes. But I decide, I've got, I've got mm. an idea of what I wanted to say and why mm. before I start speaking. And I don't get distracted along the way. I know why, where I'm going, where I want to end. What's the result of this practical result is that we can have clear, safe, covenantal relationships with others. Mm. Other people like having relationships with us. So, so a person that can communicate clearly, that are consequent in their actions, yes. that are not double-minded, that are trustworthy in their intent, mm. that have formulated why they're doing things, how they're doing things, according to the Word of God, instructions of God. Mm. Now, these people are trusted by others. Yes. People want to be in relationship with them. Yes. They want to remain in relationship with them, so they will be careful, or more careful, to protect the relationship, yes. which makes you safer. Mm. Now, for those watching this out there, especially people that would visit this site, think about it. And it's a reality that some people are always feeling somewhat insecure mm. in their relationships with others. Yes. Family members, even even close family members. Mm. Feeling insecure, not quite sure how much you liked, how much you loved, how much you accepted. Mm. And I would wager that the number one um, cause of that insecurity is your own actions, your own way of communicating. The way that people do not communicate from point A to point B mm -hmm. in a straight line because they have no clear thought patterns and usually because, and let's be honest, this is usually because the heart hasn't been emptied out from deception wrongful or selfish motivations mm -hmm. and this is what we've learned about communi people communicating with us when people don't communicate things clearly mm. directly there's always directly. An, an ambiguous kind of feel to what they're saying it's open to interpretation because they're hiding the intent of the heart mm. Which I'd just like to interject something at this point. Um, it's very important to understand that for the, the principle of beginning and end, one tends to, in our minds, we tend to put the emphasis on the beginning. I'm going to make a clear start mm. of something. Mm. But what we sometimes look over or... Um, overlook. <laughs> overlook or uh, underestimate is the fact that the beginning... The beginning of anything, the beginning of a thought process, the beginning of a, of a, uh, the beginning of communication, or the beginning of an action, has to be completely dependent on the desired result or the end. There's no point in beginning something if I don't know where I want to go with this. 
And in the same manner, the end is dependent on the beginning because I cannot have a result if I did not start a process. But it would be foolish to think that we can make a proper beginning if the end is still yet undefined. So if we imagine, what if God, for instance, created the world, but he had no defined end or, or idea of a result where he wanted to go with it? So he just said, well, let's just start and then see where we go from there. Let's, let's see where we end up with this. Then obviously that would, that would be a bit of a problem mm. for us. Mm. So, so part of implementing this principle practically is to be sure that the reason I'm going to start anything, a thought, uh, an expression, saying something, or an action, is going to be because the end has already been defined. Mm-hmm. I know why I started something and where I want to go. So this way there's clear moving from point A to point B, and there's no reason for getting distracted or um, confused along the way. God starts the giving of His law. He's communicating with His people by saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. Which means that everything that he gives them in the law is for that purpose. Mm. They have to become a nation of priests, ministering unto each other and unto the Lord. Very simple, clearly defined intent and result that God is desiring. Now he's going to give them uh, what seems like a complicated uh, process of law and instructions, Mm. and it seems like a lot. But if you understand the result that he desires, then it's not that difficult to negotiate your way through mm. his, his commandments. Exactly. And it remains the same throughout the New Testament. Now, before we go to the scripture that shows us how God implements this, that's what it looks like, practically. You want to start here. Here's the simple way to understand this principle. A thought pattern that is a godly, redeemed thought pattern. And we, we practice this, we pray about this, we seek Him for His godly, um, redemptive power in us for this, and this, this is what it's going to look like. A thought pattern should look like this. I start a thought pattern, and I know why I am starting it. I complete it in a straight line, the shortest route, to the place that I want to end up with. There has to be purpose. If your thought pattern had no purpose, then it's best to learn to end it very quickly and very clearly. Sever the thought pattern if it, had, if, if it has no purpose. Determine, start to learn to know yourself and determine why your thoughts are developing, what is the purpose of it. If the purpose of a thought pattern that I started is to worry, then be honest about it. If the purpose of a thought pattern that I started is to worship God, thank God, plan ahead, then that's fine. Then you can determine where it's going. A to B. The normal person's thought pattern is going to look like this. And nobody knows where it ended, what it did, or why you started the thought pattern in the first place. We call this spaghetti brain. Spaghetti brain is a normal human brain. 
It's the way normal people's brains operate and think and work. Now we want to learn to not do this because there's no blessing in this. Coming in to a thought pattern and exiting a thought pattern with a result, beginning and end. This would lead to the same type of speech. This would lead to the same type of productive fruit-bearing action. Now let's see how God lets us know about this characteristic in Himself in His Word. So, let's go to the book of Isaiah. We can page together to chapter 44. And we're reading verse 6. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Then we can go to Isaiah 46. So if we just take note that the God of the universe has just communicated a phenomenal bit of information about his character, his person. How many words did he use? <laughs> okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> very clearly defined. Very mm. clearly communicated. Mm. With intent. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he communicated it. I mean, we understood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, One next. Uh, Isaiah 46, verse 10. I'm going to read from verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things are, that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Okay, so he calls the end from the beginning. And this is what he has done in his word. From the very beginning, when he starts creating uh, all things, he's busy communicating the very end of the plan. His intended mm. purpose for creation with the salvation plan in, embedded in the very account of creation. Yes. Um, we are, were created to reflect his character and his person. As he separated the waters from the waters, mm. that which is above would reflect the, that which were beneath, and that which, which were beneath would reflect that which were above. Now, this is why we are implementing a very simple principle like this. It's godliness. It is godliness. It will have benefits for you in that... People would want to communicate with you. Yes, they feel safe in communicating with you. They know what mm. you're saying and why you're saying it. And there's nothing hidden. Which means that there can't be any um, hidden or covered up motivations because the communication is clear. Which means that the motivations have to be clear. Now, go have a look in, in aspects of your own life. Mm. Um, in the areas where you have managed to have a clear process with a clear purpose, clear goals, and you manage to walk it out, those are the satisfying, fruit-bearing parts of our lives. Yes. 
Um, it's the uncertain, double-minded areas of our lives that normally bring us unhappiness, um, worry, uncertainty, uncertainty yeah. and it destroys relationships. It does. Mm. So, the principle of beginning and end is very simple. Determine when you begin implementing this principle and then you can measure when you end it, when you did not continue. And you can also measure the result of it. Mm. That's enough for today.